This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Shifting gears happens, uh, you know, it's every hour, every minute uh, leading to trade deadline. Uh, I think there were very cold conversations and then got warmer and, you know, we got to the point where uh, we had enough uh, to put in a deal that could make it done, you know, could make this deal work. And uh, yeah, I mean, with a couple of deals that we did uh, today, I think uh, they also are constructed uh, in a matter of, you know, hours, minutes, some of them very quick, uh, some slower developing, you know, the usually the, you know, the three-way deals are a little bit slower. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is the voice of Arturis Karnaschovas. He, of course, the man who, who had the plan and made it happen yesterday. And we are delighted to uh, to welcome in Ryan McDonough. Uh, he is Radio.com NBA Insider. And Insider Calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insight the sports books don't want you to see. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. And be sure to check out Ryan's new podcast. It uh, It is the Radio.com NBA show featuring the best guests, the basketball insight around. Just search Radio.com NBA wherever you find your podcast. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm, I'm doing great. My head's still spinning from the trade deadline a little bit yesterday, but uh, took some time to digest last night and figure out where everybody's going uh, because it was certainly an active day in the NBA. It was incredible. And and I think as, a, as anyone in Chicago will tell you that the Bulls changed significantly and improved significantly, and there is uh, there are a lot of people catching Bulls fever. That was uh, a glorious trade, the first one, and, and they got tougher too, all the way around, all day long. They did. I really like both of their moves. Um, starting with the big one for Nikola Vucevic from Orlando. Uh, Vucevic is thirty years old. He's been an All Star in two of the last three seasons. He's on a good contract. Uh, he makes twenty six million this year. That number actually goes down over the next two seasons. Uh, so anytime you can get a guy who's an All Star, uh, averages twenty four points, twelve rebounds, four assists, and, and shoots forty percent from three, um, you know, to, to, to go alongside Zach Levine. Now the Bulls have two All Stars. Uh, so I, I really like what they did. Yesterday, uh, you know, they had to give up some value to, to get uh, Vucevic with Wendell Carter Jr. and a couple first-round picks going out. But uh, I think most importantly, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley in the new front office signaled their direction. Uh, they're going for it, guys. They're trying to get the Bulls back in the playoffs for the first time since 2017. Ryan, I think people love that, and there's a lot to like about this trade. You do get an all-star center, which they are hard to find, and he's versatile, and everything about him is true. But you've been in that man, that executive's chair, and I just wonder if you could talk us through philosophically how hard is it to part with those first-round draft picks, knowing the reality is if you are as good as you think you could be because of a deal, they're going to be lower in the first round. And and I and I think it varies from sport to sport, but in the NBA, you do see teams more willing to part with these first-round draft picks for the right player. Yeah, I think that's kind of the new trend in the NBA is you have to give up value, especially to get the, the star players. We, we saw Brooklyn give up, I think it was eight picks, uh, combining you know first-round picks and pick swaps 
to get uh, James Harden. Um, you know, obviously, Vucevic is a very good player. He's not quite at, at Harden's level, but he is an all-star. So you have to give up value, uh, and, and the Bulls did with Wendell Carter Jr. and then the two first-round picks. Um, I, I like that they were in the shorter-term guys as far as the picks and when they convey. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, it's this year's pick uh, protected to four. So if the Bulls uh, crater here in the second half uh, and they go into the lottery and the pick ends up in the top four, they keep it. Uh, same protection on the pick in 2023. Uh, so I, so I, I like that the picks convey in the short term, and I like that they have some protection. Uh, and the reason for that is because uh, over the next couple of years, assuming they re-sign Zach Levine and you know, have Vucevic and uh, maybe add to their team, they should be a playoff team. And if you're a playoff team, that, that means those picks convey in the teens to 20s. Uh, if that is the case, I think the Bulls will be happy with that uh, because that means they'll be a consistent playoff team in the Eastern Conference. He's Ryan McDonough, and he's joining us on the Score Hotline, presented by Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. And, Ryan, you know, the only way we can really envision them cratering other than injury would be the fact that they have 29 games here, uh, and, they're, and they're in quick succession. And you think about um, – you know, the kind of young players they had. We talked to Billy Donovan uh, just before the break, uh, just before they came back from the break, and he said that the only concern for him was they had no practice time. So they wouldn't have all these guys, uh, they wouldn't be able to improve those players as much as they want to because of the limited amount of practice when you have uh, 29 games in, in such a, a fast kind of pace to the schedule. How will that – how is that a challenge when you're bringing in effectively five new players or does the, the experience of the players sort of erase some of that stuff? I think it's a challenge, guys, especially this year um, with the limited practice time and with the COVID protocols as well. The teams I talked to are having a lot fewer full-team practices and activities. Uh, they have some you know, simulated workouts and activities that try to replicate game action. Um, but with the COVID testing and all that, uh, it, it is more complex this year. Uh, and, and obviously, they, they had no training camp with these guys. They had no preseason with these guys. Uh, so all the built-in terminology that, that you gather over uh, the first half of a year plus uh, your offensive calls, your defensive rotations, um, you know, a feel for substitution patterns from the coach, all that's going to be new, especially to Nikola Vucevic and Alfa Camino and, and Daniel Tice and the guys coming in the door. Uh, so that'll be the biggest challenge for Billy Donovan and his staff, trying to figure out how to get those guys integrated and acclimated quickly. Um, now, the goal, Bulls are in good spot, guys. They're only three games back of Charlotte, who's in fourth, which would mean actually home court advantage in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, but, but it's very bunched in the East, as you guys know. On the other end, looking behind them, they're only a game and a half ahead of Toronto. Uh, the Raptors are in 11th. And I think now that they kept Kyle Lowry, uh, Toronto will want to make a playoff push. So uh, it's, it's important time for the Bulls. They made a big move, um, but there is going to be some pressure on them to win right away and try to solidify themselves as a playoff team. I think the goal for Chicago guys should be to try to get in the top six to avoid the play-in scenario. Ryan, you mentioned the other guys, if you will, the other guys involved in the trade, Al Farouk, Amino, uh, Troy Brown, and Daniel Tice. How do you see them fitting in? What are the reputations around the league? And to me, I just look at it, it just adds to a, a team that is now suddenly deeper than it was yesterday. Yeah, I love the center talent and depth. When you look at Vucevic and Tice combined, I thought Tice did a really nice job uh, for the Boston Celtics. He played a good role. Um, he's a good screen setter. He has some versatility. Uh, defensively, he moves his feet pretty well. Uh, offensively, he, he can pick and pop a little bit, uh, also finish around the rim. So uh, I think he becomes one of the best, if not the best, 
uh, backup center in the league right now that they have Vucevic entrenched in the starting lineup, and I imagine Tice will come off the bench behind him. Uh, so I really like that pickup uh, for the Bulls. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. is a talented young wing. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't fully understand it, but, it, but he didn't play a lot in Washington at times. I, I think there's still some talent and untapped potential there. Uh, he's a good baseline cutter without the ball. He's a good athlete, and I bring up that baseline cutting because I, I envision uh, him playing off of Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Orlando ran a lot through Vucevic. I imagine Billy Donovan will run some of the same set, so I, I think Troy Brown Jr. will benefit from playing with an excellent passer like Vucevic. Uh, so again, overall, I, I really like what the Bulls did. Uh, they were aggressive. They were consistent, and now they're front line to me with, with Vucevic as a starter and with Tice as the backup uh, looks as good as any in the Eastern Conference. You know, you think about the trade day, and you know Miami ends up with uh, with Oladipo, and they didn't really give up anything for him. My God, that was a that was a good trade for them. Why is he bouncing around the way he is? I thought that guy was on the verge of being a star. How good will he be down there? And they clearly won that trade. What are your thoughts on uh, the Heat now? Yeah, the Heat, Heat were the winners of the day yesterday. I mean, Chicago obviously did well. Um, but Miami, what they gave up to get Victor Oladipo, I mean, that, that was robbery. I mean, giving up Avery Bradley, he's only played in 10 games. Uh, Kelly Olenek, uh, you know, has a reputation as a shooter and, and traditionally is a good shooter, but has only shot about 31% from three this year. Uh, and then a pick swap, guys, and I did some investigating there. I think I actually broke the, the, what the pick swap is. Uh, the pick swap is just uh, Houston gets the best of the first next year between Miami, Brooklyn, and Houston. Well, what are the chances that um, you know either of those teams, Miami or Brooklyn, are worse than the Houston Rockets? So I think that's nothing, right? So, so you know, I, I have a lot of questions uh, and concerns as a former executive about what Houston's doing. They advertise these pick swaps. Uh, well, the pick swap only works if the team you're swapping with is is worse than you and has a better pick than you do. Um, so I, I really don't understand that uh, from the Rockets' perspective. But um, yeah, for Miami, it, it was a no-brainer. Uh, to answer your question more directly, Victor Oladipo turned down a contract extension from the Indiana Pacers uh, within the last six to nine months. I, I broke that uh, on Twitter. Uh, and as soon as he turned that down, the Pacers knew they had to move him. Uh, it had been rumored with his interest to Miami, the mutual interest with the Heat. Um, so in, in Houston, I think it was the same thing. They offered Victor a contract extension. That one was even shorter than the deal. Uh, the Pacers offered. He'd said no. Um, and, and guys, I, I hate to pick on the Rockets, but they put themselves in this position. When they chose the package um, you know, from Brooklyn with Victor Oladipo, who's on an expiring contract and going to be an unrestricted free agent, uh, when they chose that deal instead of the deal with Philadelphia with Ben Simmons in it, uh, Simmons is on a five-year contract, Oladipo was on an expiring contract, they put themselves in this position, and that's why they were dealing from a position of weakness yesterday, and the Miami Heat certainly took advantage of that. Why was Lonzo Ball not traded? Because there was so much conversation going into the trade deadline day, not only here in Chicago, but you heard him linked to other teams, and ultimately he remained. I imagine it had a lot to do with his restricted free agent status at the end of the season. Yeah, that's right, and I think that's important for your listeners to understand uh, the difference between the two. Uh, Victor Oladipo is unrestricted at the end of this year, so he's free to sign with any team in the league, and whichever team had him. Yesterday it was Houston, today it's Miami. Uh, they don't have matching rights, so the, it's the player's choice. Uh, with Lonzo Ball, he's a restricted free agent, uh, like Laurie Markkinen is a restricted free agent for the Bulls. Uh, so those teams control it. Those teams control the process, and that's really valuable uh, given the team control, also given the player's age. When you look at Ball and Markkinen, 
Lankanen. Um, those guys are in their early to mid-20s. You think and hope their best basketball is ahead of them. Uh, so I, I heard that Lonzo Ball was available yesterday, guys. Uh, teams called. Uh, New Orleans would have traded him in certain packages, but they placed a high price tag on him, and that was the feedback I got around the league. Uh, the price was just too high, considering not only would you have to give up value in the form of draft picks or young players or you know, compensation for Lonzo Ball, then you would also have to pay him a lot in restricted free agency. Uh, so I think that price tag scared teams away, and obviously New Orleans showed they were fine keeping Lonzo Ball and controlling his restricted free agent rights this offseason. You know, we know Kyle Lowry didn't move uh, from Toronto. We know that the Lakers had talked about bringing him in, but they ended up standing pat. Are you worried? I mean, you look at the Lakers. LeBron's out. Anthony Davis, I think they just got word that, that it's going to be another month for him. How are they going to hold up? If they didn't make any moves, I know they've they've got meetings now with buyout players. But uh, what what's the situation in L.A. with the Lakers? Yeah, I don't think they're going to hold up very well. And, yeah. and this uh, you know speaks to the <laughs> the team or, or lack of really the team beyond their two superstars, uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, the Bulls have lost four games in a row. They're fourth in the Western Conference at, at 28 and 17. Um, and when I look at their team, guys, when, when any one of those guys is out, when LeBron's out or AD's out, uh, even you know a couple weeks ago when LeBron was playing and, and, and um, AD was out and Dennis Schroeder went out, they really struggled without Schroeder's um, you know, playmaking and shot creation. Uh, so this is a very top-heavy team. Um, they don't have a ton of talent and depth up and down the roster. A lot of their role players who are you know, solid and look pretty good when LeBron and Anthony Davis play don't look is good when those guys are out and um, when they're asked to do more, especially some of the veteran guys um, you know, who are at uh, the later stages of their career, I, I just don't think they're able to at this point. So uh, I expect the Lakers to continue to lose and lose a lot until wow. LeBron James and Anthony Davis get in the lineup. Uh, one fascinating thing for me to see is you know, can they stay in the top six uh, in, in the Western Conference, I think they can, uh, given there's about a four-and-a-half game separation uh, right now. Excuse me, a three-and-a-half game separation to Dallas, who's in seventh. Um, but if they can't, wouldn't that be fascinating if the Lakers free fall and find themselves in a play-in scenario? Uh, either way, guys, even if they're in five or six and in the final playoff field, uh, that still means they would not have home court advantage in the first round. Uh, I think if you're L.A., though, you just um, you know, try to get in the playoffs however you can and prioritize the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis when the playoffs roll around. Ryan, before we let you go, obviously we're giddy here in Chicago because the Bulls made uh, what we would refer to as it's a big market move. You get another all-star to pair with Zach Levine, and there, there's hope, there's legitimate hope in a plan. How far away are they, though, from legitimately competing for the Eastern Conference title? Is Are they one player away? Are they several away? When you look at their roster, how far away are they? Yeah, I, I think they're at least one good player away, um, but they do, they do have two all-stars. And as you guys know, usually it takes um, three very good players to win at a high level in the NBA. It, it can be two in the case of uh, Lakers, who we were just talking about, because those two guys are, are so good, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, the Bulls don't have anybody at that level. Uh, so I think the challenge now for uh, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley in the front office in Chicago is to try to find a third star. Uh, they have two now, um, one more than they had yesterday with Nikola Vucevic, 
Bogdanovich and Zach Levine. Uh, you know, I, I think you know they, they need a little more playmaking guys. That, that's why you know we talked about Lonzo Ball. Um, you know, I, I imagine they'll look at him in free agency or somebody along those lines. Uh, they need more playmaking. They need more uh, passing. Uh, Zach Levine's played fantastically well. Vucevic gives them a lot of offensive talent. Uh, so see if they can find a, a, a blend guy, a playmaker in the backcourt. Uh, I'd keep an eye on Ball as we approach free agency because I think he'd be a good fit for the Chicago Bulls. Ryan, thanks a ton. Always a joy. Really appreciate the insights. Great stuff. Anytime, guys. Always great to be on with you.